0: Hello. I am Gunadna Lad, roll number 2574 and this is my semester 4 developmental psychology assignment for the year 2020-2021. Before we start, I will give you a heads up that this podcast is packed with ideas and theories, so you better stay focused. Here we go. We know that adolescence is the period of life between puberty and maturity. More precisely, it is the transitional stage from childhood to adulthood that occurs between ages 13 and 19. No other stage in the life cycle has engaged historians in so much debate as the period between childhood and adulthood. Some historians, for instance, argue that if society did not have a word for it, It could not exist. Does giving the life stage a name, adolescence, make it real and historical? Or should we assume that because it had no medieval name, it was not real? Because to have no name means it has no existence? Could it be that the current meaning of adolescence is so specific to the 21st century that to use it for earlier periods is to distort? Interesting fact. Medieval society also did not have a word for family and yet had nuclear, extended, and stem families. Thus, the phenomenon of adolescence is definitely historical and not restricted to modern period. We'll see how. The first use of the word adolescence appeared in the 15th century and came from the Latin word adolescere, which meant to grow up, Or to grow into maturity. It wasn't until 1904 that the first president of the American Psychological Association, Granville Stanley Hall, in a study titled Adolescence, discovered the word adolescence and defined it as a period of storm and stress, a time of universal and of inevitable upheaval. In this podcast, We are going to talk about how far this description of the period holds true. By the way, the term teenager was coined in 1941. Adolescence as a period of stress and storm can be traced back as far as the writings of Plato and Aristotle. Plato described adolescent boys as constantly arguing and very easily excited. Aristotle described adolescents as, quote, lacking in sexual self-restraint, figure in their desires, passionate and impulsive. They are hated by nature as drunken men by wine, unquote. Herodotus' story of a Sumerian father whose description of his son's insolent and indifferent behavior confirms a modern-day stereotype of teenager as rebellious youth. However, during the Middle Ages, adolescence was mostly ignored as a life stage and children were viewed as small adults. They were mixed with adults as soon as they were considered capable of doing without their mothers and nannies, which was by the age of seven. In the medical literature, adolescence was classified as hot and dry as summer is and as fire is. Its humor was red color. In poetic versions, the period was dominated by the planet Venus and characterized by love and lust. Do you know St. Augustine? He converted to Christianity to reduce his recklessness as a teen. In the 16th century, after age 9, children were sent to someone's household to be servants and learn a trade until the age of 14. They would sign contracts with their masters. In England, if the children did not die young and weren't the oldest son or daughter, they were sent off to work and some would mostly likely die there. In the Renaissance, children stayed in school longer, but adolescence was still not defined as a separate stage. Childhood and adolescence were regarded as the two sides of the same coin. The first person to determine a difference between the two was Rousseau. He explained adolescence saying, a change in humour, frequent anger, a mind in constant agitation makes a child almost unmanageable. His feverishness turns him into a lion. He disregards his guide. He no longer wishes to be governed. So taking historical views in combination with contemporary research, the core of the storm and stress view seems to be the idea that adolescence is a period of life that is difficult. More difficult in some ways than other periods of life and difficult for adolescents as well as for the people around them. The example of Romeo and Juliet is a classic example to understand this. Both carried the weight of the world on their shoulders. They were rebelling against family traditions, in the throes of first love, prone to melodrama, and engaged in violent and risky behavior. Here are the three key elements of the storm and stress view. First is conflict with parents. Adolescents have a tendency to be rebellious and to resist adult authority. Second is mood disruptions. Adolescents tend to be more volatile emotionally than either children or adults. They experience more extremes of mood and more mood swings from one extreme to the other. They also experience more frequent episodes of depressed mood. And third is risky behaviour. At the beginning of a scene in The Winter's Tale, Shakespeare has an older man deliver a soliloquy about the youth of his day. He goes, I would that there were no age between 10 and 3 and 20, or the youth would sleep out the rest, for there is nothing in between but getting wenches with child, wronging the ancientry, stealing, fighting. In short, heightened rates of reckless, antisocial, norm-breaking and criminal behaviour. Although adolescents generally experience their participation in risk behaviour as pleasurable, for instance joining gangs and fighting, as we see in Michael Jackson's Beat It music video, suffering the consequences of such behaviour contact with legal system, treatment for an STD, involvement in an automobile accident and so forth is likely to be experienced as difficult. You may want to watch films like Rebel Without a Cause starring the cultural icon James Dean who gave birth to modern teenager, then Lady Bird, The Basketball Diaries, The Breakfast Club, Cry Baby, A Clockwork Orange, Heather's, and Education, Heavenly Creatures, If, and Bollywood movies like Bobby, Jojita, Vahisikandar, Rockford, Udan, and Sixteen. You may also read Catcher in the Rye, a coming-of-age novel in which a 16-year-old boy struggles in turmoil. These will help you understand the three key elements better. Now let us know about the different approaches to Hall's Storm and Stress concept. The biological approach argues that the agitation in adolescence is universal and is not affected by time and social context. According to the research conducted by Peterson and Taylor in 1980, puberty initiates adolescence and makes some contribution in respect to mood disruptions. Sussman in 1987 found that high levels of various adrenal and gonadal androgens were linked with side effect, irritable rebelliousness, emotional volatility and mild delinquent behaviour in boys. Additional study by Gunn shows that these hormonal changes also contribute to negative moods. These studies however are limited and biased as the reporters were mothers of the adolescents. Research has shown that biological changes of puberty alone do not make adolescent storm and stress either universal or inevitable. Margaret Mead, an American cultural anthropologist, found that adolescence in Samoa was a blissful utopian transition. Many findings confirmed that most traditional cultures experience less storm and stress among their adolescents compared with the West. Some cultures do not experience it at all. Albert Bandura's research in 1964 indicated that the majority of youth did not experience adolescence as a turbulent time. Those who did indicate a stressful adolescent experience also indicated a stressful childhood experience, suggesting that the period of adolescence did not bring about the turbulence. Contemporary research also challenges Hall's theory, indicating that fewer then 10% of adolescents report experiencing extreme turmoil. According to Piaget, the final stage of cognitive development, namely his formal operational stage, involves a movement from concrete to abstract thinking and a decrease in egocentric thought. In this transition, egocentric thought leads to the feeling of constant scrutiny regarding one's thoughts and feelings as unique which can lead to risk-taking behavior, making it stressful. Adolescents start to exercise their new reasoning skills. They begin to argue for the sake of it, jump to conclusions, and be overdramatic, thinking of only themselves. This is restored by the age of 16. But Piaget exaggerates the universalism of the stages. His research was based on children from well-educated, high socioeconomic backgrounds. Dahl in 2003 proved that cognitive development correlates with age and experience, not puberty. As Jenny in the movie An Education says, quote, I feel old, but not very wise, According to Freud, during the last stage of psychosexual development, the genital phase, the ego is pulled between the impulses of the id, and the restrictions imposed by the superego. This conflict makes adolescence a time of tremendous stress and turmoil. Unfortunately, the work of Freud is heavily criticized because his work is also based on a small number of case studies and has no empirical support. The neo-Freudian Erickson advocated that the turmoil resulted from an identity crisis a period during which the adolescent is troubled by his lack of identity. Erickson's ideas have been criticized as they were based on his observations of young people undergoing therapy, therefore not being truly representative of adolescence. Marcia's theory of identity achievement in 1980 contradicted the notion of adolescence as a time of crisis. Marcia claims That adolescent identity formation has two major parts, a crisis and a commitment. The trauma in adolescence results from having to make difficult decisions about one's identity and moving through the four different identity statuses, identity diffusion, foreclosure, moratorium, and finally, identity achievement. There is also evidence that suggests this search for identity continues throughout the life span the whole lifespan. So, adulthood can involve just as much turmoil as adolescence. Supporting Marcia, the strain theory suggests that adolescence is not the period of storm and stress as described in the earlier theories of development. It claims that adolescents develop an increasing desire for adult privileges such as autonomy, status and money. Adolescents are usually denied such privileges by adults and are often treated with disrespect. They are therefore more likely to see these stressors as unfair and are more likely to experience objective stressors than children and adults. But cross-cultural research has shown that most adults get along well with their parents and even adopt their parents' views as proved by Adelson in 1979. Moreover, Candle and Lesser found that adolescents shared more views with their parents than with their peers. If adolescents have to adjust to so much potentially stressful changes and at the same time pass through the stage of life with relative stability, how do they do it? The Fogel theory proposed by Coleman and Henry in 1999 suggests that adolescents spread the process of adapting over a number of years, attempting to solve only one issue at a time, so the resulting stresses are rarely concentrated all at one time. Despite this, coping with one issue at a time does not necessarily indicate stability. In conclusion, what our culture calls and associates with adolescence is a very recent and historical phenomenon. And although initially viewed as a time of turmoil, large-scale studies have shown that most teens progress through this period of life without obvious behaviour problems. However, in countries like India, adolescents are still generally believed to be disruptive or out of control and that's why need guidance of parents. On the positive side, G.S. Hall saw adolescents as stormy and stressful, but also as the birthday of the imagination and the best decade of life when the life of feeling has its prime. The paradox of adolescence is that can be at once a time of storm and stress and a time of exuberant growth. Thank you.